Welcome to the Really Useful Podcast. I'm Christian Corley. And with me live from Berlin. Is it Berlin? It is Berlin, yes. Yeah. It's Ian Buckley, our contributor from MateUsoft.com. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. It's good to be on the it's good to be on the podcast finally. I've been meaning to get around to it. Excellent, yes. Uh, this is our third show. Uh, you can listen to us on uh, Spotify, on iTunes, on uh, Stitcher, on Podbean, on basically go to <laughs> wherever you find podcasts. <laughs> Pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, you will find us. Uh, we've done two so far. This is our third, and basically the idea of this is. If you're having trouble with tech, uh, come to us and we will help you sort it out. We're here to make life easy for you. We're here to help you make your technology work for you rather than frustrate you and make you want to beat the living uh, numbers out of it. Indeed. Uh, we do that so you don't have to. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the, the, the wreckage of uh, devices uh, that can be laid at our hands is considerable so that you don't have to. <laughs> Uh, this week, uh, we're going to be looking at how to get free internet almost anywhere. We're going to be uh, looking at how to use, if you haven't got a webcam, you can actually use your smartphone as a webcam. Uh, not just by using your phone, you can actually connect it to your computer and use it as a webcam. So we're going to look at a couple of ways of doing that, uh, which are quite simple. And we're also going to be looking at how Google Calendar and Google Tasks can be combined as a sort of to-do app list, uh, you know, a to-do thing. It, basically productivity. That's what it, what it is there. Uh, now, um, if you're uh, having difficulty understanding either of our accents... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that might be a thing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's probably because we're both in the northeast of England. Um, last week, um, I was joined by Ben Stegner, who's from America. Um, so you'd probably be able to understand him a little easier. I don't think there's going to be any problem, though. But if, if you're wondering if we do sound similar, I don't think we do. But we are geographically in similar places originally. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of folks from outside uh, England do have this sort of idea that there's a northern accent, and then it gets any more northern than that. And it's Scottish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, the embarrassing thing is my accent will probably get more and more northern as the podcast goes on, because every time I do meet someone from northern England again, it's like I never left. I don't yeah, speak yeah. like this normally. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's, let's go on. Everyone wants free internet, don't they? Indeed. It's one of the things that these days you can't really uh, do without. It's part of our daily lives in every respect. Um, now, yeah. 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 Now, there is a preface to this, and that is that if you're going to be using free internet wherever possible, and this isn't always possible, and it's something that I'm looking into at the moment, the, um, there are more and more places that are blocking VPNs, yeah, um, shopping centres and whatever. If you are using free Wi-Fi, um, and that's really what this is about for your free internet, is free Wi-Fi, uh, which you can use at hotels, uh, cafes, many popular cafes, Starbucks, uh, McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, Buffalo Wild Wings, there's also places like uh, Target, Staples, Apple Stores, Barnes & Noble. Uh, all sorts of places offer free internet, um, free Wi-Fi. But it is a good idea, really, that you employ a VPN. And I know, absolutely know, that this isn't simple to do. It's an yep. extra layer to what you're doing. Uh, it, it, it flies in the face of making tech easy for you, but it, at the same time, it is making what you do online absolutely secure. So That's it's, the issue, yeah. Exactly. Um, and in this, this day and age of people trying to, you know, 
scam you left, right and centre through emails, through fake websites, uh, ransomware, uh, phishing emails, you know, all, all these different scams. There is a big key issue with Wi-Fi, and that is if you go on, go on to a free Wi-Fi hotspot, then you risk uh, falling foul of the man-in-the-middle attack um, or of connecting to an evil twin or, you know, these um, criminals that will pretend to be a Wi-Fi hotspot, use a computer to pretend, or even a phone in some cases, to pretend to be a Wi-Fi hotspot and sit in between you and the genuine Wi-Fi hotspot or just be their own Wi-Fi hotspot, and then your data's going through them, and, you know, with a VPN, your data's encrypted at the, when you, um, when the data leaves your computer. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's one of the, uh, that's one of the difficulties, as you say, there are people who are starting to block VPNs now, and, uh, and for, for those of you that might not be familiar with the idea of, kind of, man-in-the-middle attacks, uh, there's a, you know, one of the, there's, there's many ways it can happen, but for example, say you were to go to your Facebook profile and to log in, and since you're logging in from somewhere else, it asks you for your password, yeah. that's something that happens to you fairly normally, but there's no way of knowing that that is actually Facebook and not a fake version of the site that has been put up on the public network between you and the network itself. Um, and a VPN is the best way to deal with this. I mean, the, the other way, which is still not ideal, but um, I, I, we tend to use the Internet for personal things whenever we can. But the other option is, uh, when you are out, try and exercise a little bit of restraint and use a little bit less Facebook and maybe just use it to Google the location you're trying to get to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's not ideal. Uh, but it's, as you say, it's sort of one of the weirder realities of what we live in is that we've never been more uh, needing of Internet at all times and by the same token, it's never, there's never been more of a time when you have to be more careful with the way you deal with your data. Exactly. Really interesting. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, VPNs, which stands for Virtual Private Network, and it will encrypt your data. Uh, we'll give you a link to a VPN in the show notes. And, you know, it might not work for you. It might work for you. But, but as Ian says, um, if you are concerned about having to use a VPN, um, maybe just don't use the Internet in these places. Um, but, you know, we're going to mention a couple of others. Um, air- airports will let you use free Wi-Fi. And there are also um, tools such as Wi-Fox, which is a paid app, which is crowdsourced and regularly updated map of wireless passwords for airport lounges around the world. Yes. Yeah, that's, really uh, that's a really cool one, actually, because um, uh, by nature of the fact that you're getting the lounge passwords, it means that even if you want, you know, uh, 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 I don't know what they call it in the States, they call it a pre- premium member or something like that. But uh, regardless of whether you're you know, able to get in there, it means that you are still able to use uh, a better internet service than a, a, the base standard Wi-Fi in the airports, which can be pretty dreadful. Yeah. Um, um, the Wi-Fi, uh, the Wi-Fi map, um, which uh, I was was not expecting actually to be able to help me, because a lot of these things are very U.S. centric uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but the Wi-Fi map.io is a, a it's uh, actually something from uh, the article on the uh, Make Use of website about this very subject that I found. And I, I just uh, searched it just to, to see, and I wasn't expecting it to work for Berlin. I just typed in my address, and it turns out that uh, for all this time, my local uh, drugstore, my local pharmacy, like, like Boots, but for, for Berlin, has uh, Wi-Fi, and I had no idea. Wow. <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah, exactly. It's... So, yeah, uh, I wasn't expecting it, but I'm presuming if it works in the States uh, and in Berlin, Wi-Fi map.io, I imagine, will also work over Britain and various other European uh, sure, countries. Yeah. Um, At least major which, cities, you'd expect. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, which is a, which is a very handy thing, yeah. 
Okay. Now, um, there are other things that you can do to get free Wi-Fi. Um, municipal internet access is um, found in many communities. Um, you've obviously got libraries which often offer um, free Wi-Fi or make Wi-Fi that you have to subscribe to but for free, um, <clears throat> which is probably the case in most of these. But there's also your mobile phone provider might also offer free Wi-Fi through hotspots in shopping centres, uh, city centres, whatever. So it's, it's worth um, checking the details with your ISP. Um, or your mobile phone provider to see if that's something that they offer. Um, there's also um, a thing called All Free ISP, which is a search database of the US and Canada. Um, and this makes it easy to find a service provider near you, so you can also try that. Now, there are other things you can do. You can um, use your phone. Um, it depends on your scenario. If it's just you um, and you need free Wi-Fi and you don't have a connection to any of you don't have a phone or anything with you then you know you're kind of stuck on the other hand if you do have a phone then you can use your phone as a wi-fi hotspot connected to your mobile internet and use that for your laptop or your tablet or whatever there is also um little wi-fi hotspots you can buy that around the size of a phone maybe smaller mm. and um, some providers also offer these for in-car entertainment as well which is useful if you have children and you want to keep them quiet on their uh, amazon fire tablets for instance Yes, yeah. Funnily enough, actually, those are uh, one of the few bits of technology that seems to have got larger. Uh, the, the little Wi-Fi hotspot boxes you can get. Um, I, I was using one relatively recently, actually. I borrowed one off a friend. But um, uh, way back when, uh, when I was first uh, going to college, uh, we weren't sure whether there was going to be Wi-Fi in the student halls because it was a tiny college in the middle of nowhere. And I actually got a USB pen drive which had a SIM card attachment to yeah, it. Yeah. Which, uh, the, which have been around for a very long time, but they're still available. And obviously, the way mobile phone data plans have changed has, has moved on. I mean, I actually still use a pay-as-you-go plan for my phone because I haven't found the needs to switch. My, my data plan is so good that I can use it as a tethered hotspot. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's also a, a kind of a great alternative, given that those USB sticks themselves you can pick up for just just a few dollars. And on almost every, at least over here, in almost every corner shop, you can pick up a pay-as-you-go SIM card, which will have the data plan. Sure. Um, so uh, that that is, you know, by no means perfect because that isn't free as such, because you are going to have to put some money uh, on the SIM card. But um, but by the by the same token, if you do want something secure that you can use anywhere uh, on a laptop, then that's going to be a very good bet. Yeah. But that does slightly get away from the the idea of free internet. I know. Yeah. I know. Sure. <laughs> No, no, it's fine. It's a good suggestion. I was amazed those things still work, actually. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I've got three or four of those uh, squirreled away somewhere. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, okay, so that's um, options for free Wi-Fi. Now, um, as, um, as mentioned previously, you can get in touch with us with your own questions. Um, we're pleased to see our uh, audience growing, so hello to all of you who have um, taken the time to listen to us. Uh, it would be great if you would be able to leave us a review on uh, iTunes in particular, um, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, this week, if you're not listening on iTunes, that is. Um, so you can go and have a look at iTunes, and if you've got a log on today, um, do leave us your thoughts. Um, a nice review will uh, help us to uh, grow and expand our listenership. Uh, we're going to move on now to using your smartphone as a webcam for your computer. 
Uh, now, you were going to try this for this, weren't you? Yes, I was. Um, I, in fact, uh, last night when I was doing the, the tech check for today, just to make sure that I had everything set up, um, I did set up uh, DroidCam, which is something we're going to talk about in a moment. Um, and uh, it worked perfectly. Uh, DroidCam itself works perfectly as a USB webcam. What doesn't work is... Skype knowing which version of itself it wants to be. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, uh, the version of Skype that I installed um, it worked just flawlessly straight away with DroidCam, which I already had installed because I've used it in the past. Um, and the, I, I, you know, messed around with it for a bit, shut it down. Today, opened it again and it opened the store version or something, or the app version of Skype. Yeah. And then when I tried to open the other version again, I got a, a, an incredibly incomprehensible... Uh, error message about not being able to find some config setup file and so I just thought okay that's more than my job's worth I'm going sure. to use my webcam <laughs> it's funny you should say this because um, yeah. I was recording a different podcast earlier mm. and I've got a relatively new computer that I've been using for a few weeks and I've had to use it in tandem with my other laptop mm. uh, because I could get uh, the new Skype recording feature uh, to work on the other laptop, and I couldn't work out why it wasn't working on this laptop. And it turns out it's this problem of there being two Skypes. Yeah. The Skype 8, which mm-hmm. is the kind of continuation of the, the old Skype, and then Skype 12, which is the store version. Yeah, which so is... So when you install Windows app. or get a new computer, yeah, um, <laughs> that's the one you get, the store version, and it isn't as fully featured mm. as Skype 8. So if you're going to try this, you need to be using Skype 8, which is the kind of traditional Skype that you've mm-hmm. been using for years and that has been auto-updating. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The, um, uh, but, uh, Skype, Skype issues aside, um, uh, DroidCam is uh, the, the, the one that I have experience with. I know there's um, uh, another one which works slightly differently, which uh, I've thought of a good use for, actually, which I'll come on to in a minute. Okay. But DroidCam itself, um, I know you've had some experience with it as well because you've written about it. Um, the thing I uh, found really good about it was uh, for just simple usage, if you want to get um, an image from your phone to your computer, um, it's very simple. You uh, install the app on your phone, you install the app on your computer, you open the app, it gives you a, um IP address, and then on the client side on your computer, you enter that IP address, and the two are linked, and you get a, yeah. you know, a live camera. Um, there has been a, a couple of uh, questions uh, I noticed uh, on the article that you wrote about it that um, I just, just kind of scanned through, uh, and one of the questions was, how is this useful? Can you use it for recording? Um, and the simple answer is yes. Um, uh, OBS, or Streamlabs OBS, as most people use these days, is mostly used by streamers, people who are streaming video games, but you can take almost any camera input into your computer and record it that way. And in fact, in the past, um, in one of my many experiments at doing DIY electronic streams, I would use my webcam as my face cam, and I'd use the droid cam as a completely mobile camera. So if I wanted to show people what I was doing, I could turn the droid cam uh, on and just hold the camera over it and have a nice mobile camera view. Um, And by the same token, if you just want to put your smartphone in the stand, make it full screen and record it, that will work equally as well. and one other thing that uh, uh, it asks in the comments, although you do actually mention it in the article that you can do it, is um, you can also co- connect it directly via USB if you don't want to do it over Wi-Fi. Um, but in short, what I would say is if you want to use it as a webcam, just use the Wi-Fi feature. The USB feature is a little bit of a factor to get going. It's prone to crash. Yeah. I just gave up and used Wi-Fi. And if you enable 
um, uh, if you uh, uh, turn off the FPS limiting function in DroidCam, it's pretty good. It's pretty okay. good. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, one one of the things I noticed um, with with this is that it doesn't, as, as we've established, it doesn't work with Skype. 12 from yeah. the store uh, now what i found is as soon as i've installed skype 8 uh you go to your collection of cameras in skype and um, you've got one built in obviously you don't need to do this but you know you have your, your, your camera drop down menu in the skype settings screen and it will give you droid cam straight away uh, i do feel droid cam is probably the best option uh hyperweb cam is good uh, I, I, I feel droid cam is probably the one that is easiest to get going it is, um, and, and not only that, as, uh, as much as IP webcam does um, do what it says in the, the tin, um, DroidCam does actually allow you to do exactly the same thing. You can connect to it via your browser as well, um, which, uh, which brings me on to the thing I was going to say. I mean, whether you use IP webcam or the IP version of DroidCam, one of the um, questions that I get asked by friends, and it's been asked in a few articles as well, um, in the DIY realm of things, a lot of people say, um, you know, how do I how do I attach a camera to my Raspberry Pi if I don't have the camera attachment, if I don't have a USB webcam? Mm -hmm. um, in short, if you're using an IP-based uh, webcam, then you can do it that you can do it that way. You can use wow. the browser on your Pi, um, which is something that hadn't occurred to me before, but um, is a very nice workaround. Sure. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So, um, how's using Android phone as a webcam for your computer? You basically want to do this if your computer doesn't have a webcam. Indeed. Uh, or, or if it's got a really poor webcam from like 1998 or something, uh, which is at like 0.3 megapixel or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, 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 if you need a webcam and you haven't got the time to go out and get one and you've got a phone by your side, or if you haven't got a webcam and you can't afford one, then You've got one built into your phone. You can either use your phone, use Skype on your phone if you're doing Skype, or if you need to do some other thing through your PC, uh, you can connect using DroidCam or IP webcam using uh, USB cable or Wi-Fi. It is that. In fact, I think one of them also supports Bluetooth as well. Um, yeah. It is. It is that simple. You, you know, as I as I've written, need Skype, forget webcams, just use your smartphone. It's it Indeed. really is. It is surprisingly simple to do. Uh, and the, the apps are free as well. There's a free version of IP Webcam. There's also a paid version of IP Webcam. It's IP Webcam Pro, which is $4. Uh, with um, DroidCam, there is a standard free version, uh, which is ad-supported. And then there's DroidCam X for $4.50. Uh, the, the ads aren't too intrusive. They're not going to appear at the other end of who you're speaking to. So the, the ads are for you. Yeah, not at all. The only uh, the the only thing that you miss um, uh, from using the free version is some of the webcam controls that you would get on, say, a USB webcam. So, for example, the computer client um, does have features which are grayed out. They're only for pro yeah. users. I have never really missed them. No. Um, although, as I said before, I've only ever really used it in conjunction with uh, another webcam. Um, and yeah, which which kind of comes. Rounds to a point that um, you know you also make in the article, which is if you don't have a webcam, if you really don't have the time or the money to get one, your Android phone is a fantastic way of doing it. However, webcams are not what they used to be. The first webcam I had, uh, I think I, I I spent more money than I should have done for something that looked dreadful mm. a long time ago. Uh, I now um, and now I'm using a webcam, which is one that um, we we uh, make use of, have uh, recommended before. What most people recommend, which is a, a Logitech HD Pro webcam, the C920, 
Uh, it's available for around $50, um, which I know is still going to be more money than some people are able to spend on a webcam. But um, it's the one I'm using now. Um, and I have a very, very nice video camera as well. And in all honesty, sometimes I wonder why. <laughs> With good lighting and some manual settings, this thing can look fantastic. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's worth bearing in mind that you don't need to use a webcam. Android is perfect. You can use it with Skype, but good webcams are cheaper than they used to be. Um, and if you're going to do anything that re re revolves around the camera, like lots of Skype calls, or you want to get into streaming, it's worth looking into it. Excellent. Okay. All right, that uh, brings us to our third item, which uh, you, and I, th I think you've read a bit more about this than me. So, only a little. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is why bit. Google Calendar and Google Tasks are the only to-do apps that you really need. Yes, um, and I'm sort of uh, uh, mildly excited about this, which is uh, which shows how much I've aged recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, because uh, um, I don't. Oh, yeah, do, do you use Google Calendar for your um, for, for, for your stuff, Christian, or are you use it for alerts mainly? Right. I yeah. Don't, I don't kind of. Um, it's not something I go-to to look at. It's basically mm. something I use on my phone to say, you you know, you're going to this place on this date, or, mm. you know, um, it's so-and-so's birthday, it's your wedding yeah. anniversary, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, and, you know, while I do use it for appointments and things like that, I don't tend to go into the web view. I just use it mainly on my phone. I, I am exactly the same, um, with the one difference that um, I also have my Windows 10 calendar synced with it. Right. Having said that, um, I have noticed recently, uh, through no input of my own, it doesn't sync anymore. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, that's uh, happy Microsoft days. But um, uh, in short, I am someone who now uses Google Calendar exactly the same way you do. Uh, I, if someone asks, oh, can you do this on this day? Um, I frantically tap it into my phone before I forget it because I have yeah. a brain like a sieve. Um, yeah. However, the Google Calendar in the past was uh, the way I uh, scheduled and did all of my work because when I first moved to Berlin, uh, I didn't speak the language and I, uh, the first job I got was actually uh, as a cleaner of Airbnb flats. So I was all over the city cleaning various flats. And each one of these flats had a distinct calendar for it as to when it needs to be cleaned and when the next guest needs to be in. And so um, Google Calendar was my day-to-day -day thing that I used for a very long time. And I knew everything about it back then. What was terrible back then was Google Tasks. Uh, it was just dreadful. It was not worth using. Um, and uh, I wasn't aware it had been updated. It wasn't until I read uh, this article by Ryan on the uh, on the Make Use of website that we're uh, – that it's changed and it looks actually like something that I will use. Um, cool. Because, um, that, that's the other question, I suppose, is do you use any specific kind of to-do or listing uh, apps like Todoist or what was the old one called, Wunderlist? I don't even know if that's still around. No, I don't use either of those. I use, mm. um, I, I think it's mainly because it's so simple to get at and to, mm. to just pull up on your phone again. Um, I use Google Keep. Yeah. That's all yeah, I use. good. Um, and I've noticed that Keep is, uh, of the two things that are, are uh, integrated now, just a standard into Google Calendar, one of them is Keep and the other is Tasks. Mm. Um, and I've used Keep on and off, but um, uh, uh, some time ago I, uh, I got a premium uh, Evernote account because I used it for so much stuff anyway. Um, and, I, and I've kind of been using that, even though it's not really uh, a, a to-do app, I'd say. Sure. Um, but this integration really does look nice. The fact that you can add tasks and you have a, a simple to-do list, but those tasks can be dated 
and the task becomes another calendar on top of your calendar. So if you just want to see what you've got in your regular calendar, you select that. Yeah. If you want to see your tasks, uh, you can open those, and it will show them uh, dated. And tasks and subtasks can have different dates, which I think is good. Yeah, that is, yeah. So, um, I mean, for example, one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm trying to teach myself the basics of machine learning. It's a very long process for someone as dumb as me, but I'm trying my best. Um, and so one of the ways that I would, for example, use it is I'd have one heading, which would be, you know, to do with one concept behind machine learning. And then under that, you need to break these things down into lots of subtasks. Yeah. So let's say my thing for November was that, you know, I'm going to get a handle on this one concept. Every week or every couple of days, I could have a subtask, which was dated, that says, okay, look at this, look at that, look at this, look at that. But in the task view, that is one task which can open up into the subtask, which makes it much more readable, I find. Yeah, okay. I hope I explained that all right. Yeah, yeah, it's basically chunking it, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's, so this, this has turned out to be a really useful uh, thing for you, then? It is. I mean, um, I, as I said, I, I wasn't actually aware that it had been updated until we were, uh, we were due to discuss it on this, and I've had a look at it, and I just sort of kind of went through kind of saying, ah, I'm sure it's good, but uh, but pretty much everything that I would use it for is there. As with all things like this, I think it comes down to what you like and what you're used to. If you were a long-term user of something like Trello or Todoist or um, TickTick, I think it's one of the newer ones a lot of people yeah. like, um, then you're not going to switch over. But for me, as someone who does use the Google Calendar, admittedly these days much the same way as you, I just don't want to forget my next dentist appointment, you know. Um, this is something that's probably more likely to pull me back to using it in a much more day-to-day -day way um, because rather than having you know, different things in different places. I have an Android phone. I have the Google Calendar app on my computer. Not that I open it very often. This is probably one of the few things that will make me pull it all to you know pull it all together again. Um, which is yeah, which is kind of nice. That is good. That is good. Uh, so yeah, we've um, we've we've given you um, three. Um, I was going to call them hot tips there for no 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 reason. <laughs> I can think of. Um, three three um, suggestions on how you can. Uh, Improve the way that you interact with tech and make the tech do what you want. Uh, you can get free internet in many places, free Wi-Fi. Uh, you can use your smartphone as a webcam if you don't have a webcam. Mm -hmm. And you can use Google Calendar and Google Tasks to um, basically improve your productivity, which, you know, none of these things are bad, are they? No, no, none of these. Uh, I, I, out of the uh, out of the three, I think I, I I get use out of all of them, which is actually handy. I was, it's a very good podcast for me to be on because each one of these things are things that actually matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, listen, we're um we're, we're going to wrap it up in a moment. I just want to uh, recap uh, what we've already um, uh, discussed earlier on, just uh, with a bit more detail. Now we're um we're. This is our third podcast. Um, we, we seem to have built up a little bit of a following, so um, thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, please share this. Uh, you know, we are we have the power to stop tech being frustrating for people, and we can do that with a really useful podcast. Um, in the first uh, edition, we, we talked about downloading Instagram videos and delaying the Windows 10 update, which uh, mm. that turned out to be pretty prescient after what happened last week, where uh, a lot of people updating uh, Windows 10 with... Uh, under no fault of their own, because it's kind of forced on you if you don't delay it, um, found that they were losing data. Yeah. 
Which is yeah, not that a good thing. That was a that was a bit of a hiccup, a bit of a hiccup that made a lot of people angry. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, the the main problem with that is that it's not the first time. Which yeah. is why delaying is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, on last week's really useful podcast, we discussed why you should stop using Sea Cleaner, and how to make a DIY high definition television digital TV antenna um, from anything as small as a paperclip. Although for the best results, it needs to be a bit bigger, yeah. depending on how near or far and weather conditions uh, between you and uh, your local transmitter. The really useful podcast is available on Anchor, uh, which is where we're hosted, on Spotify, on Pocket Casts, on iOS and iTunes, on Overcast and Google Podcasts. Um, We're really grateful for everyone who's listened to us so far, and we really uh, implore you to uh, just share this wherever you can. Um, and you can get in touch with us um, through myself, uh, the Gadget Monkey on Twitter, uh, or you can uh, tweet make use of because they're uh, helping us out with uh, a bit of promotion at the moment. So uh, yeah, just uh, get in touch with us with any questions, and we'll see what we can do to help you. And we're here to make tech easy for you. Uh, from Ian Buckley and myself, Christian Corley, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next time.